celebrate the Lord. Oh, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. And um, it is so good to be here with you all today. I was telling the other Sister Regina that, uh, well, I didn't say all this, but I'm kind of an introvert, okay? I, I, I'm not fed by the energy of people. Uh, anybody else like that out there? You're not sinning because, <laughs> because you just don't have, like to be around people all the time or that it drains you. Well, that's me. So uh, a lot of times Sunday morning would just drain me, you know, just shaking all the hands and seeing all the people and all the energy and we just go home exhausted. Well, we were out of service for, what, 17 months during COVID? And even my introvert self started just craving all of you guys. Um, I mean, I could have the Lord in my kitchen, but I couldn't have all you guys in my kitchen. And I could worship the Lord, but I couldn't shake your hands and hug your neck. So I just want to say, we've been back, what, three or four months, and I still am enjoying all of your faces and hugs and introvert though I am. It's, I don't think I'll ever take that for granted again. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord and with you, with you each and every one. And God made us just like we are, and it's okay if, if you need a Sunday afternoon nap when you're done. Um, I uh, am going to speak this morning on a, a topic that's very simple but profound, and I'm going to use a, an illustration. We haven't, because of COVID, we haven't had kids' church or Sunday school or that in a while, so if you are a kid or a big kid and you want to see, if you can't see right down here and want to, if you're a kid, bring your parent with you, okay? And you, you're welcome to sit up here with Owen. He's already, already a kid. Um, we already have one kid on the front row. His parents aren't with him, but I think he can probably behave maybe. Um, so feel free if you're a kid to grab an adult or a guardian or whoever and uh, come sit with you, or if you're a big kid and you're in the back and like, I can't see, feel free to. Um, I'm going to be reading a few scriptures throughout, but I want to start with Ephesians chapter 2. All of it's going to be from Ephesians 2, but I'm going to mix it up a little bit. So, Ephesians 2, 1 through 4 says, It wasn't so long ago that you were mired in that old, stagnant life of sin. Anybody here think about that? It wasn't that long ago that I was mired in that old, stagnant life of sin. This is the message, and I just love the way he puts it. The, the guy who, who, the guy, the, the doctor, the professor, who translated into the message was actually also, he was a biblical scholar, had legit biblical scholar chops, but he also pastored in Baltimore. And he was trying to relate the, um, the Bible to a group of men. 
during, I believe it was some racial tensions, but some men in his church, and he was trying to to show them what the Bible says about those kinds of things. And so he just, for Bible study, translated, I think, a chapter of something. I don't know what. And it really, really helped the people in his church, the men in his church. And so he just started doing more and more. And finally, we ended up with the whole Bible translated by him. And he does a great job in, especially since we're so close to Baltimore, it's like written for our geographical location. So that's kind of cool. But we used to have a, a pond out in the back of our church in Bartlesville, where I grew up. And that pond had no outlet. And I remember my, my brother and I, my family lived next door to the church. And if you've ever had kids in a pond, you know, there's cattails that grow up and it had a bunch of weeping willows and we'd go strip the weeping willow leaves off and make whips and, you know, we'd throw rocks in. But about July or August of every year, that pond, it got black and it started stinking and we didn't want to be anywhere near that pond because it was nasty because things could flow into it and just sit there. It didn't move. It just sat there in this hot summer sun, baked it, and it just got yuckier and yuckier. And that's what our lives were like. This stagnant life of sin. And it says, you let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief, back up a minute, and then exhaled disobedience. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief. You know that whatever goes in your lungs goes throughout your body. And then you just exhale disobedience because that's what's there. The next slide, we all did it, all of us, doing what we felt like doing. It wasn't just me, it wasn't just one of you, we all did this. And when we felt like, we, we all did it, all of us doing what we felt like doing, when we felt like doing it, all of us in the same boat. Whew, it's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. He, he came pretty close sometimes in the Old Testament, and Moses like interceded. I think if I'd been Moses, I'd been like, there they are. But um, now God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. He could have. It's kind of surprising he didn't. Instead, immense in mercy. Immense in mercy and with an incredible love. He embraced us. He embraced us. That's Ephesians 1 through 4. And uh, this is where my first exhibit comes in. And I have a few things to symbolize a few things. But um, this, is, this is my symbol for, for us, for our sin. It's very dark and yucky and just kind of, I don't know if you can see that color. In case you can't, sorry, 
I'm, I am going to put it here on my old nasty sheet, sheet pan. And uh, here, let me, I don't think I'm going to spill it. I'll put it right there so you can see it. And I'm going to put a paper towel in he, on here so you can kind of see the color of it. And, and while I'm speaking, you can watch it. Um, so that's our old stagnant life of sin. And we don't have the ability to do anything different. Um, I mean, we try. Romans 7 talks about trying to do good and doing bad. No matter what we do, no matter what efforts, we learn about the law of God. We try and try, and it, it only makes it worse because then we know what we're supposed to be doing. And we, then we sure, we sure are in trouble. It's not even innocent anymore. We just get dirtier and dirtier and dirtier. And, of course, we often think about the sins, um, you know, the, the big sins, murder and uh, hatred and uh, hurting people, abuse, pedophilia, Things like that. Those are the big sins, right? But even if you've never murdered anybody, and even if you've never abused a child, or you've, ever, you've never, you know, I don't know, think of the worst thing you can think of, and, and if you've never done that, if you've never been a Hitler or a Pol Pot or whatever, whoever the, the, the baddest bad of people are, I don't know about you, Actually, I do know about you because I do know about, that's my point. I have been envious and I have been jealous and greedy. Tis the season for greed, right? We talked about that, Arash did this morning. And uh, lust, and that's not just for, for human flesh or the opposite sex or the same sex or whatever that's about. I want more things. I'm not happy with what I have. I want my neighbor's car or, or my boss's job or whatever. Idolatry. Oh, we don't do idolatry, right? I don't have any little idols in my house that I bow down to, right? Some do good. No. What that was actually getting at was us trusting something else instead of God. Ouch. Uh, so whether that's money or your family or whatever you put in front of God and your trust and your obedience and all of those things, those are idolatry and sin. And, and we just keep getting nastier and nastier no matter what we try to do. We have this old, stagnant life of sin. But Jesus, we've, we sang about it several times this morning, seeing, seeing that we were in trouble and we couldn't help ourselves. There was nothing we could do to help ourselves. Um, he had this thing called grace. Amazing Grace. And what is grace? It's a, it's a big 
not a big word, but it has a lot of, okay, what is, what is that even? We throw it around all the time. It's giving us something good that we don't deserve. And like I said, we didn't deserve it. We were all stagnant and nasty. And Jesus had grace and had mercy, immense mercy, incredible love. For me and for you, stuck in, stuck in my envy and hatred and jealousy and lust and idolatry. I've never murdered anybody, but I've talked bad about somebody. I've never, you know, um, stolen somebody's car, <clears throat> grand theft auto, whatever. You know, that, that's not me, but I have looked at somebody's, you know, really nice, brand new, whatever. What's the car that Elon Musk does? Tesla, yeah, I, I'd really like a new Tesla. Uh, Christmas is coming, right? No, not really. <clears throat> um, and thought, wow, that'd be really nice. Wouldn't it be nice to live in that big house, whatever? I don't want a big house right now. I'm like getting rid of all my stuff. <laughs> Whew, I drive by big houses and I think, oh no, too much stuff. But, but even in that, uh, as I'm, <laughs> it's a different, little different topic, I'm cleaning out my house, getting rid of all this stuff, and I'm thinking, Okay, now I can only have a few things. I want them to be, like, really, really nice. Okay, same thing, same song, second verse. <sighs> so God had grace, and he came, and he, he did what we couldn't do. And he lived a sinless life. He had no sin. He was like that paper towel with no purple on it. And he lived that sin, sinless life. And if you know the Old Testament, or even if you don't, I'll, I'll just fill you in. All through the Old Testament, the first three quarters of your printed Bible, they offered sacrifices. Every year, several times a year, um, sacrifices of bulls and goats and turtle doves. If you were poor, you didn't have to bring a bull or a goat, but you had to bring a turtle dove. I guess that was the cheap version. And um, it had to be bloodshed. But that blood was just bulls, uh, was blood of animals, and it, it could only do a little bit. It could kind of push them forward or push them off. But Jesus, with his sinless life, in his sinless blood, he died on a cross. And that replaced all the sacrifices that were needed from then out. We don't have, did you bring your turtle dove this morning? Did you bring your bull or your goat if you're more wealthy? No? Oh, why not? Because Jesus, in his mercy and his grace and his sinless Sinless blood has already paid for that. He's already done that. And he was buried in a borrowed tomb, which was a thing then that we talk about it being a borrowed tomb. They would 
let the body sit there for about a year. There wasn't cremation like we know of it, and it would decay to the bones, and then they'd go take the bones out. So a lot of people kind of borrowed tombs, but he didn't even need it for a year. He just used it for three days. He, it had a good return policy on it. And uh, he didn't even need the receipt, right? On the third day, he rose, and he did not stay dead. He rose from that grave, and he was alive anew. His sinless body died and was resurrected into a body that we don't understand. We look at the account in the Gospels, and uh, he could eat, because he ate fish, and, but he could also like appear in rooms where there was, the door was shut, right? So he had a different kind of body than he had before. And so that's great. That's great, right? He did this thing. But what about me? I wasn't even alive yet. I wasn't thought of. I was, I, I'm a Gentile. As far as I know, I've done some genealogy. I have no Jewish blood whatsoever in me. Um, and so I, I was stuck. What, what good does that do? Jesus did this thing, but that's like sitting over here, and I'm over here in my trouble and my stagnation. But he made a way for me to claim that grace, to claim that grace for me. And he made a way for you to claim that grace. And if we believe... If we have faith, okay, faith is another big word. What does faith even mean? It means believing. Simple, right? I have faith that Joyce is sitting on the second row. I believe that. Of course, I don't really have to have much faith because I can see her sitting on the second row. But uh, it, it has to do with believing something. And if we believe in Jesus' grace, we you, I, can have a part of it. We can have good change in our lives. If you could put up my title slide, we can have good change. More than I can do for myself, more than you can do for yourself. Something beyond our ability, because I'm stagnant and I can't get unstagnant. Um, so how do we do that? We acknowledge that we need help. We can't save ourselves. We've got to give up. There's things that I just keep trying over and over and over again, and it still doesn't work. <laughs> you know? The, the uh, idea of, of the definition of stupidity is trying the same thing over and over again and hoping it'll work. A scientist said that it's not how, not how it works. Um, we have to say, okay, I'm tired of trying to do this myself. I can't do it myself. Get rid of that idolatry and trusting other things instead of God. And we say, I need a good change, a change for the better, change for good in my life. And we humble ourselves and call out for help. And we give up our stubbornness, our thinking we can handle it. And we realize, trust, some people use the word confess, say, know that he's given us a way out. 
And Ephesians 2 verse 13 says, Now because of Christ dying that death, shedding that blood, you who were once out of it altogether are in on everything. Shedding his blood and dying his death. And uh, we, we can recognize as Revelation 1.5 says, He loves us and he has freed us from our sins by his blood. So I'm going to exhibit this here. We have this purple paper towel. And what do you think will happen, Antoine, if I take this purple paper towel and I put it in, hold on, is this the right one? Nope. In this, this clear liquid. What do you think will happen, Antoine? I'm going to take the purple and transfer it over there. Oh, so this will be purple now? I feel like residue will be <laughs> Okay. So this will be purple and this will be purple. Yeah, a light purple. Okay. So let's see if Antoine's right. We, we, we uh, have things that make sense to us, right? Let's see if we can do something different. Uh-oh. You, you, well, let's see. So we take this purple, which is our sin, right? And we, we, we see if Jesus can do something different than we can do with it, with his grace. And something that I can't do normally, I would just have my same old purple sin, and I, I like your thing, because then I'd just share it with everybody, right? i just spread my stagnation around. But Jesus takes it, and he does something different with it. And he takes his blood, and using his blood and his grace... He applies it to our lives when all we had was the yucky purple stagnation. Here, I'll, I'll stick another one in there so we can see what, what we came from, right? Um, so now we have his blood applied to our lives. And I couldn't, what we normally think is that you put purple in clear and you're just going to get going to spread it around. But Jesus' blood does something different for us. Something unexpected and beyond the normal. Something that we can't do beyond ourselves. And he loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. His shedding of blood. You who were once out of it altogether are in on everything Everything he has for us by his grace. I can't do it. I can't take my old yucky stagnant sin and fix it. It doesn't work that way. I just spread it around. So our faith, though, has to lead us into action. We have to ask for help. Like I said, we have to follow his instructions and do it his way. Or else we'll just stay stagnant and purple to use my analogy, and, and stuck. Again, we have to ask for his help and trust him. So how do I apply his blood to my life? How do I get that difference, that change for good into my life? How do I apply it? How do I take part in his death? And part of it we already talked about. We give up, ask for forgiveness, realize we can't earn it and that we're stuck 
And that's what I mean by that big tense cent word of repentance. It just means basically acknowledging, I give up. I need help. I've messed up. And by his grace, and as the Bible says, the washing of water by the word. So we take a clear liquid and we put our old, old yucky sins in it and we come out with his blood applied. How cool is that? We forget, we, we, uh, we say, God, I need help, and we give him our old yucky thing, and he turns it. He turns it differently than we could ever, ever do. And through baptism in Jesus' name, through the grace of Jesus, it changes us and applies his blood to our lives forever. We don't have to go back. Thank the Lord. We don't have to go back and get baptized every time we sin, or I would just stay in the tank. Because like I said, envy, greed, idolatry, you don't have to murder somebody to be a sinner. Your name doesn't have to be Hitler to have messed up. Um, and, and he takes just once, once is enough of baptism, and he has applied his grace to our lives. He wants us to give up. He wants us to, he wants to change us for the better. He wants to change us for good. Ephesians 2 verse 5 says, He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. So once we have his blood applied to our lives, now I maybe need to ask somebody else, what's going to happen when we continue to apply his grace to our lives? Anybody want to answer? Want to take the, the pink out? It's going to wash it away? Well, let's see. I'm not magic, so I have to stay within my constraints here. All right, so let's see when we have, we have his, whoo, that's smelly. Put that back on there in a minute. So we have his blood applied to our life through the grace of God, and we put it, we continue, we continue, oh, please do it. And it, it'll change, but. It's green, right? It's supposed to be green. We'll hope it's green. It'll turn green, maybe. Because he gives us life, right? Sorry, sorry. He takes our, our yucky, stagnant self. Oh, got to, well, come help me. You need to keep the lid on it somewhat, though, or you'll make Owen pass out. Because it's not water. There you go. <laughs> See, I was afraid of ruining the new carpet. Oh, no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm going to switch out the mic. Oh. There we go. That was the problem.
you let All right. So we ha thank you for my assistant. Oh, you got to put the lid back on. I'll put the lid back on. It's a it's ammonia. So While I'm here, just for my sanity, I'm going to put these lids back on. You can see, right? So we have his grace applied to our lives, and it gives us life. Life everlasting and abundant, abundant life here. So it's not just that we have a miserable, torturous life here. And then he gives us eternal life. Or that he just gives us an abundant life here and then there's nothing more to look forward to. It's, it's a life like change. Like for good. <laughs> Forever. And he does this by his spirit. Romans 6 says if we have his spirit living in us, he gives us life. How do we get his spirit in us? It's a gift, and we don't earn it. Again, grace. Grace. But we can try to grow closer to him. We can seek him, seek his ways, follow his instruction book, his manual, which is our Bible. Because it's, it's full of instructions, not so that you know, because he's mean and nasty and wants us to do hard things. It's, it's, I like to think of it as an instruction manual. It's, if we do those things, that, then life goes better. If we have a, I've been, like I said, I've been getting rid of stuff and looking at old manuals for different appliances and stuff. And some of them I'm like, oh, I wasn't using that quite right. I mean, I had it working, but I could have done better with it. Because the manual tells you how something works. And gives you full functionality, right? And the Bible is our instruction manual for our good. If we develop a relationship with him, if we ask for his gift, again, tis the season, right? The gift of the Holy Spirit. And most of all, we just accept his grace. And we love him and he loves us. And there's not a lot of hard things to do to earn it. There are some hard things to do because we have a stagnant life and we need to, to turn it around. And sometimes that's hard, but his grace is with us. We have to repent, acknowledge our sin, accept his grace. His baptism lets that blood wash away our sins and we let him give us life abundantly and eternal and he wants to fill us with his Holy Spirit. We call it the Holy Ghost. You might have heard us call it ghost. That's just old King James Shakespearean English for spirit or a, a being that doesn't have a body. It's, it's the same thing. Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. He wants to change us for good. If you could put my title slide back on. Um, I, this is... This is Unplanned, but if I could have the musicians come back up and and uh, 
do pull out your music. I know you have it because we just did it for um, Love Ran Red. I didn't plan that, but it works. He takes his blood. When I do laundry, I don't wash things in blood, right? That's kind of macabre, creepy, whatever. But if we take his blood and apply it to us, it somehow washes us clean and white. And I couldn't do it. I can't do it. We try and we try, and we're just the stagnant, stagnant pond that's black and yucky and ugh, smells. Our righteousness smells because it's not, it's not righteousness. But he, he helps us. He does it. But we have to just tap into it. We have to accept. How hard is it to give up? We've been struggling. We've been struggling. We've been trying. We've been working on it. And really all it takes is giving up and, and giving over to him and letting him change us toward the good. And it's not, it is an instantaneous thing, but that life takes a little while to develop a, a good, thriving, abundant life. And we have to keep trying at it. We keep applying his blood to our life, not by getting baptized every time, but it's there. We just have to tap into it. We have to continue to give up. So if you would like to come forward, you're welcome to. Otherwise, so everybody stand up. um, Make it a little less awkward. Um, If you want to kneel in your pew then you're welcome to. If you don't want somebody around you because of COVID, then I assume you have on a yellow armband. So feel free to go pray with people. Um, If you're not comfortable with that, you forgot your yellow armband, somebody comes near you, just say, okay, I'd rather have some space. If we could pray from a distance, it still works. But let's remember his grace. And it was his grace that did it for us, not me, Not anything I could do, but his blood ran red and made me white. And it changed me for the better. It changed me for the good. So uh, if we could have, again, I know it's unscripted here, but if we could get the lyrics, if I have a projectionist, I don't know if I do or not, but um, if you could pull up Love at the Cross, Love Ran Red, Perfect. And let's just sing this together. Start with verse 1. There's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. There's a something, feel free to, to bow, to stand, to move out, to see. 
feel to go pray with somebody, feel free to do so. Because we want His, His love to be applied to our lives, His grace. No! 